Thank you, brother. Man, come on, give your pastors a hand clap, I tell you what. I met Joel and Sherry, I'm like, God, these are, are, are men and women of God of excellence. How many know Mark 16 says, these signs will follow? Can you just look at your name and say, will follow? Those who believe in, and I just believe in a miraculous church. I believe the Lord's coming back soon, and I, I just, I thank God. I, we live in a miracle culture in our church in Montana. I think it was last week we saw, and I, I can just say it. I, I want to look at what we, God is doing stuff. Last week we prayed for a lady with McNat. She's going blind. Macular degeneration. I said that right. I can't believe I, I want to say the Macarena degeneration. I know that ain't right. And uh, got her sight back immediately. Isn't that awesome? Medically verified. She goes to the doctor. The doctor goes, what are you doing? She goes, I'm getting prayer. He goes, you need more of that. That's awesome. And uh, two weeks before that, we had a, a girl, Nicole Block is her name. She's going in for surgery. She has cancer attached to the stem of her brain. That's not good. And they prayed and it was all gone. I mean, her brain was still there, but the cancer was gone. Are you with me on that? Only to say, I believe John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. I was praying this morning. I want to pray for a few of you guys before we get in the word today. And I, I believe I have a word for your church and, and where you guys are headed. But is there anybody right here? I believe there's a woman out here right now. You've been suffering with migraines. If that's you, would you raise your hand? You've just been suffering with extreme headaches, slight, light headaches at all? Anybody down that line? Steve, right one, over here, okay, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, honey, I just want you to lift your hands up in there, act like you just don't care, <laughs> and Father, in the name, of, and sir, right next to her, yeah, just put your hand on her back, that's right, and in the name of Jesus, we just command that right now, it's been detrimental, it's been making your stomach up sick, it's, it's just all these things, and we just command healing over you right now, Father, we say no more migraines, no more light sensitivity now in the name of Jesus, there's a person in here right now, you've had some stomach issues. If that's you, would you raise your hand up? Thank you, Lord. Keep your hand up. If you're near them, would you place a hand on them right now? And Father, we just pray for that thing right now. I don't know if anybody's dealing with colitis, but I just feel like that, that's happening. And Father, you would just free them up now in the name of Jesus. Father, we command healing over them now in Jesus' name. Amen? Praise God. Can I pray for a few of you guys? I, I, that's usually, I come into a place, and that's where I was this week in Mount Pleasant, and, and I, I work with a group called uh, YWAM. Uh, that's a, it's an acrostic for a youth without any money. <laughs> and uh, their values are to know God, to make him known, to hear his voice. And so usually I come into a place and train people how to, how to hear the voice of God. And we just lead a lot of people to Jesus by hearing the voice of God. It's just really easy in the streets. Uh, we just got back from Portland, Oregon I'm with YWAM. I'm with a Russian kid and uh, this 22-year-old kid. He's like, Pastor Nick, I don't believe in any of this. And I'm like, bro, if you hang with us, we'll see at least two miracles on this block. Now, how can you say that? It's not prideful. I live in Montana where there's, a, there's more cows than there are people. So I just have the faith that, man, we're in Portland, Oregon. There's actually people here. So I get excited. Are you with me on that? We're, we uh, moved from Virginia, and on the way out from Virginia to Montana, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's antelope, there's buffalo, this is amazing. My oldest daughter's like, dad, pull the car over. I go, why? She goes, there's a person. <laughs> and so we are all excited about that. And so uh, only to say we're in, in Portland, Oregon, I, I was with this Russian kid, and no lie, we took a step from about here to right here, where I see two girls, and I asked them. I go, hey, listen, I, I believe God speaks to me, and he just told me he wanted to pray for you guys. They, they're looking at me like, we don't speak English. I go, what do you speak? They go, we speak Russian. I go, this guy here is Russian, right? <laughs> Probability of that, pretty high, right? Just probably a coincidence. I go, ask her, word of knowledge, knowing something in the spirit 
there's three revelatory gifts that involve hearing the, the word of God. Word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, and prophecy. And so I go ask her if she was just in a car wreck. He asked her, and she's like, da. And I guess da means yes. And so, uh, so I go ask her if her neck is in excruciating pain. She goes, yes, it is. I go, well, I want you to pray for it. Pray for it. got instantly healed. Pretty cool. Then we walk maybe a half a block down the way, and we see these three transient people. One is a, a homeless woman. I go, I go, honey, I go, I, I, I believe that uh, the Spirit of God just wants to move on you. We pray for her. She starts crying. The peace of God comes on her. She had PTSD, and God just instantly healed her. And she gets done praying. She goes, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure, what's that? She goes, you have this strange mystical presence over you. What is that? I go, it's dandruff. No. <laughs> I got the Holy Spirit. And so we prayed and she's instantly healed. I want to pray for some of you guys and then I'll get in my word tonight. Can I do that? Is it, is it Damien? Damien? Damon? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So there, there's something in this region that's going to shake with the youth. I think I just prayed for you before. There's buildings the Lord wants to give you. That you've already outgrown this facility. This facility is already too small. And God is going to add into this place. There's revival with the youth. You look, youth look up at me right now. You guys have a heart. See, I, I, I see miracles happening in your schools. I see teachers getting delivered. I see people coming, coming up. I see this is a soul-winning year for you. The Lord says you need to raise your vision because you're going to see extraordinary miracles. How many want, you know what a miracle is it right anything outside the law of time right of, of, of natural laws and God is going to release miracles to your group father we thank you for that you are pastor's uh, mother-in-law so thank you Lord thank, the, the Lord has put a, a discerning spirit on you the Lord is going to come in this next season with greater freedom greater authority and just a place I feel like you've been there's just been battles and arrows set up the enemy's tried to fling in you he's tried to take you out of the game and the Lord is going to come in this next season and he's going to resurrect vision he's going to resurrect dreams you're going to see the power of God you're going to get redeemed and restored and you're going to see the vindication of the Lord Psalm 43 1 says vindicate me oh God please my plead my case and the Lord's going to plead your case because you bit your tongue there's things you could have said you're mistreated there's some things that happened to you that weren't right and uh, you've you've been in a season of grieving but the Lord is going to flip your season of grieving and he's going to turn things around and you're going to experience the passion the joy and Ephesians 3:20 is what the word I'm getting he's exceedingly abundantly able to do more than you can even think or ask for according to the power of God you are you are blessable and the Lord is getting ready to download blessings for you there's something happening in your household that God is going to do that's going to be the realms of the miraculous the glory I just see a glory cloud coming in your home and the Lord is going to restore back to you everything that the cankerworm, the locust has tried to rip off from you. I want, to, I want you to hear this just as a friend. The Lord delights in you. You are a warrior in Christ and it's not a you thing. You've done everything right in your integrity and the Lord is going to vindicate you. Ma'am, is that making sense when I'm praying over you? So Father, I speak your glory over you right now in the presence of God right now. I feel like the Lord's saying the best days are yet to come. Don't look back anymore. The best days are yet to come. I'm going to say that one more time so you hear it. Third time's the charm. The best days are yet to come. Thank you, Lord. And your, uh, your pastor, uh, Joel's brother, I I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding you, man. I'm messing with you. Thank you, Lord. Bro, the wisdom of God is on you, and the Lord is going to download strategies to you. The Lord is going to give you the ability to handle more, and I see networks being established. In this church, 
I, was, I met your pastor th- this week, and I feel this is an apostolic church. What does that mean? This won't be the only, play, only thing coming out of it. There's more regionally the Lord is going to do. There's more. And the Lord is going to give you keys, not to be weird or anything like that, but I see angels giving you keys, scrolls with plans, things to happen. And the Lord wants to promise you that your family will be balanced You won't have to worry about that. The Lord is going to give you more time to open things up, to see things done. But you are going to come as a strategist. You've been an errand to your brother. You've upheld his his arms in the midst of battle. But the Lord is going to bring you into your own. And and, and so, Father, I pray that right now. And um, your wife, who's, who's writing here frantically. I feel like there's something in your home the Lord is opening up. I don't know if you guys do home groups here, but you're going you're gonna to train in homes. You're going to train and release people. There's an equipping thing that's going to happen in your home, and I feel like God is going to open up your home, and there's a blessing in your family. Father, I thank you. There's something in the mission realm that the Lord is going to release over your family, and you guys are going to go. And, and, and I break any fear off you right now, because you've said a few things, and the Lord, the Lord won't let go of the call of God on you. are like, Lord, I'm comfortable. I love, I love this place, man. I love Texas, but the Lord is going to expand your boundaries. Thank you, Jesus. There's, there's a, I, I, is your mother here right now? No, I just feel like there's a work of God that's gonna occur on your mom. And, uh, and the Lord is gonna move on your mom and there's just a, a re- restoration in this next season that God is gonna do. He's gonna soften her heart. He's gonna, she, she's kind of a warrior, kind of like, kind of thing. And the Lord is gonna, right? And the Lord, is gonna, the Lord is gonna do a work in her heart in this next year. Thank you, Lord. You've been praying, interceding, and contending, and this is the year for breakthrough. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Bro, I like you, man. You know what? I got to pray with your staff, and I tell you what, woo, man, you guys, it was, I, I felt like we had church back in pastor's office. I, I rededicated my life to Jesus back there. It was all, <laughs> thank you, Lord. There's, there's more teams happening in worship. It's just not going to be the, the one you have right now. The Lord is multiplying. And you're going to have an anointing in that. You're going to be known as a father in the kingdom of God. You're going you're to raise up sons. You're going to raise up people all around you. The Lord is going to make room with time because you're like, Lord, this is a commitment, and I'm feeling stretched. And the Lord's saying you're not going to break. You're in the right place. But the Lord is getting ready to break through right now. The Lord is getting ready to break through right now, and you need to press in, and you just need to start laughing because you are going to come into a place like, this is amazing. I see songs, I see albums, I see music being produced by your worship team, and I see a new realm of glory. You have seen it in your spirit. You've seen a cloud over this area. You've seen a cloud inhabiting this place, and the Lord is, what you're seeing in your heart is what the Lord is going to release into this place. Does that make sense? I did too. That's a, I'd take that one, man. I'm just going to sit down and receive that word for myself. <laughs> Man, okay. So, I, you know, it, it, I, I always come into a place, and, and I believe I have a word for your church, but I also believe this word can be applicable to your own personal lives. I want you to flip to your Bibles to Numbers chapter 13, and I'm going to talk today about entering your promised land. In Numbers 13, verses th- 17 to 33, uh, Moses is going to call 12 leaders from the 12 tribes. 
These instructions, he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country and see what the land is like. Find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or is it bad? Do their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see. So they went up. I'm going to talk today about entering your promised land. How many of you know sometimes God will promise you something and it is years before you see the breakthrough that the Lord wants to bring to you? There is something that God will speak to you like, Lord, I just don't get this. I was born in Southern California. If you ever saw the movie out maybe about nine years ago called The Freedom Riders, that was my high school. That's where I grew up in, in Long Beach, California. Wow, an interesting place. What does Long Beach, California look like to Texas here? Well, straight out of Compton, they were in our league. Are you, do you get an idea where I grew up at? Okay. And, uh, and, and, and in that place, I used to tell the Lord, Lord, I will go anywhere you want to as long as it's near a beach. I live in Great Falls, Montana. I want to tell you this because, see, how many, how many students know I'm going to get you ready for school again? In geometry, the quickest way to A to B is a straight line. You guys are good, man. But, you know, in God's geometry, the quickest way to A to B is a zigzag. God will speak. God will speak to Moses. I'm going to bring you. I want you to lead these people into a promised land. You're going to be my redeemer. And what does Moses end up doing? He zigzags into the desert for 40 years. Joseph gets a promise. Yes, Lord, I got this amazing promise. And he zigzags. He's put into captivity. He's betrayed. He's put into prison before he finally comes to that place of promotion. Let me just tell you a story. I was at a church in Southern California. There was 2,000 members in that church. It was a relatively large, larger church. I was in Northern California speaking at a youth camp, and I just had the most vivid dream. How many know God speaks to, in dreams? Don't you love that? If you're over 50, the Bible says in the last days, your old men will dream dreams. I can multitask now. I think that's a Jesus thing. And I had this vivid dream. And in this dream, the Lord said, hey, Nick, I'm moving you to Northern California. I, I immediately looked over at my wife and go, I just had the most vivid dream. We're going to go to Northern California. My supervisor in our denomination said, hey, I have a church open here in Northern California. How would you like to take it? It's a church of a couple of hundred. I'm like, all right, yeah, it, it, that, you know, I, I just had this ma a major dream. I'll take a step of faith to go into this, this church, and we'll see what God will do. Well, I get there, and he miscommunicated with me. It's not a church of 200. It's a town of 200, and I'm taking a church of 20 people. And I'm like, have you ever had those moments like, oh my gosh, Lord, what have I done with my life? Are you with me on that? Like, Lord, I just left this major church to go pastor of church of 20. <laughs> and now, and now I'm in this place and, and I'm like, I don't know if you've been angry at God. See, I didn't see the zigzag that God had to take me to to get me on my promised land. I, and I, now I, I remember like getting angry with God. I, I did a funeral and uh, my first funeral, they gave me a gun. And uh, I'm like, this isn't the one that was used on that, was it, you know? And I never shot a gun before, so these guys are going to take me out hunting, and I've never been hunting before, so it's 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, what are we going to do at 4 o'clock in the morning, man? So they get in the truck, and we drive out, and they put me on a ground line. 
and they drive away. They go, we'll be back. And I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting there with a loaded gun. It's 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, well, what, what do I do? What do I do? So, so I fell asleep. That's what I did. And I'm snoring, and I snore, and, and I guess, I don't know what, my snores must be like a buck attractant because I, I wake up. You ever get that feeling like something's there watching you? And I, like, I had that eerie feeling because I'm like in my drool pool. I'm kind of sleeping and stuff. And, and I wake up, and I feel that sense like somebody's watching me. And I look up, and there's two bucks like right here. And I'm from the city. I don't know what bucks do, so no offense, no offense. I scream like a woman. Ah! And they're, they're looking at me. I'm looking at him. They're looking at me. And like, ah! They take off right in. I'm like, ah! And this big Bubba guy's pastor, pastor, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, oh my gosh. And he's like, the bucks were where? I'm like, no, no, right here. And he's like, city boy, you got buck fever. I'm not, I really wasn't sure what buck fever was, but the whole town knew what buck fever was, right? Hey, pastor, how's the hunting going? <laughs> and so, man, I'm on a vendetta. I got to get a deer. It's the last day of season. The sun's going down. I see this buck chasing this go. I, I became Catholic. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! <laughs> I'm methodical, boom, I shoot that, that buck. What happens? It puts its antlers down and starts charging me. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> so I'm trying to jack another round, and it just falls right in front of me, and it's looking at me like, and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm hitting it with my rifle and stuff like that. And I'm like, so, so bad. Had I not done that, I would have never been in Montana. Are you with me on that? You're wondering, where was I going with that story, right? Number one is this. When we're entering our promised land, your perception determines your inheritance. They're going to come back. The spies are going to come back. These are leaders, by the way, of the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is their report coming back to Moses when they had already been promised by God, I'm going to give you an inheritance. How many of you know you need to contend for the inheritance and the promise of God? When the Bible says fight the good fight of faith, you know what? Some of us like, a, a good fight is where you're standing. A good fight is like Rocky where you're standing up going, uh, Adrian, right? Where you've taken a few punches, but your opponent's down on the ground. A good fight isn't like, oh, tag Mr. Devil. <laughs> a good Okay. I live, in a, I live in a town. It's a scrapper town. Are you with me on that? 16 inches of tungsten and steel, okay? Never mind. The reality is, look what they say when these guys come back. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey, and here is the kind of fruit it produces. What kind of fruit did it produce? Verse 23 says, 1323, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry on a pole. I live in Montana. When we hunt elk, it's like a, you got to pack out a 600, 800 pound animal. You're taking them on poles. These are not just your, your ordinary raisin kind of grapes. These are grapes that are so huge, so majestic, so big. It's something that's never been on the radar before. There is something so huge and so big coming into this area that people have talked about it. They prayed about it. And God wants you to start, start going, you haven't seen anything yet. Listen to the blessing that I have. What you're experiencing now is it's a shadow of what God wants to bring to you. Your perception determines your inheritance, and your per perception determines your victory. In Numbers 13, look what happens here. I'll read out of a couple of different versions. But these 12 leaders, all except for two, Joshua and Caleb, 
are going to come back. And he says in Numbers 13, 33, we even saw giants there, descendants of the Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. In the ESV, it's going to say, and there we saw the Nephilim, sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. How do you perceive yourself? I believe one of the biggest contentions right now, the enemy is trying to get us to back down, but I think there's sometimes in the natural that is what God is doing in the supernatural is identity theft right now, right? Everybody's worried about identity theft. We got in order to protect this, and right now believers, followers of Christ, the world wants to steal your identity. The world wants to tell you to be quiet. The world wants to tell you all these things, and that's not our identity because Daniel 11.32 says the righteous are as bold as a lion. The Bible says the wicked flee when no man pursues. So there's something about our identity that the enemy wants us to, to be quiet. He wants to say, we're giants. Look at us. You can't do this any longer. I enjoyed. Can we just give a hand clap once again for those teachers? I want you to ask yourself, how do you perceive yourself? Ephesians, this is what the Bible says over you. You are God's workmanship. Can you look at your neighbor and go, you are God's masterpiece. Created in him for good works. Now, I just want to say something. The enemy is all about. I remember I had a, I was a youth pastor forever. And I remember I had this time, this time this girl came up to me and she had that attitude. You're like, mm, speak to the left because you ain't right. That kind of, <laughs> kind of attitude. And she came up with that attitude and she's like, who do you think you are? And I pull out my wallet, and I go, my wallet says here I'm Nick Goff. And I go, and so I'm not confused about who I am. I know I don't have to read that. But let me tell you something, because right now you're coming against the authority that God's put in your life. And I go, you're questioning the authority. Let me tell you who I am. Before I was born, God knew me. Let me tell you who I am. The plans that God has for me are good and not destruction. Plans that give me a hope and a future. Let me tell you who I am. All authority is from the Lord. I want to tell you what. The greater is he who's in me than he who's in the Lord. That's who I am. Who do you think you are coming against me like that? She went home and told her mom. <laughs> you really offended my daughter. I go, yeah, offend the, offend the heart, reveal the, the, offend the mind, reveal the heart. You got to have, this, listen, the enemy wants to mess with you. So your perception determines your inheritance, your perception determines your victory. And I want you to give an example of somebody who's going to acquire. It's so funny when I saw Joel's son today, and I say, I have five daughters. And I said, man, if I ever had the opportunity to have a son, the name I would choose is Caleb. And the reason I would choose Caleb, depending on who you read and how it's determined, his name means dog. But when you read different commentaries, some means he's a faithful dog. You know, like, like he's that faithful dog that always comes back to the master. I'm like, well, okay, that's good. I agree with that. But I like the other interpretation that he's a ferocious dog. I have, I had to, I got to confess this. I, my five daughters, my oldest daughter brought home a pit bull. And, and we've had that pit bull. We've had that pit bull for eight years. It's the nicest dog ever. It'll lick you to death. You know, I'm just embarrassed. It's afraid of cats. <laughs> but that pit bull, when it grabs on, it's nature. When it grabs on, it has this rope, and it'll pick it up, and, and I can hold her out here like this. There's something about, ah, 
I'm not letting go. There's a Caleb spirit that says, you need to hold on to the promise of God. But yeah, but there's giants all around here. I'm not letting go of the promise of God. Caleb's persistence, and I want you to flip over to Joshua 14, 7 to 14. Joshua, in this period of time, he is now 80 plus years old. Can you imagine that? 80 years old, and he has been holding on to the promise of God. There's a persistence that Joshua has that he's holding on to. Let's read this. Joshua 14, verse 7. I was 40 years old. Can you imagine? Can you just hear this old man right now? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word back to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren whom I went up with me and made my heart of the people melt with fear, but I followed the Lord my God fully. So can I just say, can we just highlight that right here? If you want the heart of Caleb, there is no halfway. If you want the heart of Caleb, you need to follow God fully. I found this out. Certain things are only good cooked all the way. Let me just, can I, I just, I would get up. I was working on my master's degree. I'm teaching at a Christian high school. I'm, I'm a youth pastor at this church. In order to work out in the mornings, I have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Do you all know what an apple fritter is? It's of the Lord, right? Are you with me on that? It's of Jesus. Jesus, W-W-E, J-D-E, what would Jesus eat? Apple fritter. <laughs> and I would go on the way to the gym at 4 o'clock in the morning, and, and there was a Korean woman. I love that lady, Mrs. Lee. And I'd walk in into the donut shop, and Mrs. Lee would go, Pastor Nick, Pastor Nick, I guess Mrs. Lee. I had hot apple fritter for you. I'm like, Mrs. Lee, I love you. You're the bomb. No, Mrs. Lee, no, Pastor Nick, you bomb. And, uh, and I remember every day I go there, I get my hot apple fritter. I go out in my Honda. I drove a Honda Accord at that time. I have like the little milk carton. That hot apple fritter would be like steaming on the windshield. I get that little milk carton, have a sip of that ice cold milk and bite into that crisp sugar-coated apple fritter that would just explode with grease and come all over my face. It was a divine appointment in that car. I was like, there was a Shekinah glory associated with that apple fritter. And, uh, and, I, and I remember one day I'd go in, every day I'd go in, and Mrs. Lee would be like, Pastor Nick, I know hot apple fritter for you. I'm like, yes, Mrs. Lee. And one day I took that hot apple fritter, and you ever get hungry? Like, you're just like, you don't even taste what you eat. You know what I'm saying? And I go in, I grab that hot apple foot, I get the bag, I come in my milk, just like my regular routine, have a sip of that milk, and I start shoving it down my throat. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoo! And I start spraying in my car. I hate to say this. For some reason, Mrs. Lee didn't put the hot apple fritter in the oil, and she just put it in the sugar, and I was eating raw apple fritter dough. It was like eating raw biscuit dough. Are you with me on that? There was nothing good about that apple fritter. Why? Because it was made to be all cooked all the way through. As followers of Christ, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. We'll never, you'll never have an impact with one foot in and one foot out. And Caleb's persistence says, I will not be ashamed of whom I believe. So here's the application. When God gives you a promise, let me keep on reading this. He, he's 80-something he's years old, and God, when God makes you a promise, you should never release that promise. 
Let me ask you personally, what are the promises in your life? Let me ask you personally, Pastor, what are the promises in God? Sometimes God gives us things that are so big, we go, Lord, is that pride? God, how are we gonna resource this? Lord, how is this gonna happen? But remember Ephesians 3.20. He's exceedingly, abundantly, awesome verbiage, exceedingly, abundantly, able to do more than you can think or ask. D.L. Moody said, if God is your senior partner, you need to make big plans. I met, your par- I-, I met your pastor the other day, and he's talking to me about the vision of God. Lord, we speak over that vision to God. There's going to come thousands into this facility. This is going to be a, a regional place. It's-, it's big vision. It takes courage to face your visions. Courage is the ability to face your fears and to keep you moving forward. I believe every soldier who stormed on the beaches of Normandy on D-Day was terrified. And they weren't fearless, but they were courageous. When you're afraid, courage keeps you moving forward. I found a good definition of courage recently. Courage is being the only one who knows how afraid you are. So here's the application. When you fight in God's strength, you'll never retreat from the enemy. God will allow you to persevere. Now, now here's the deal. In, in Joshua 15, I'm, I'm going to go fast, but I want to get you up. In Joshua 15, this is the place that, that Joshua will actually possess his land. It's in the highland country. It's, it's somewhat in the north of Israel. It's up in the, the kind of the Golan Heights type area. It's in what Israel would call their mountainous re- region. Joshua's going to come in, and he's going to read this, and he's going to say, he says, from Hebron, Caleb drove out the, the three Anakites, Sesheshai, Ahamin, and Talmai. Now, these three names, these giants that he had to drive out, have three meanings to them. These giants, and can I just say, what are we talking about? How big is big? Well, we know Goliath is approximately eight foot six. That's huge. Are you with me on that? I was a youth pastor in Southern California. A Los Angeles Laker went to my church. This guy's name is A.C. Green. If you guys remember who A.C. Green was, that's when the Lakers were national champs. And so as a youth pastor, I could bring my youth group underneath to meet the Lakers. And so this is like, if you ever follow the Lakers, Magic Johnson, A.C. Green, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Cooper, and all these other people. And so I remember the first time underneath trying to meet, trying to meet these players, and I'm head-to-head with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's seven foot one. I felt like, I felt like Yoda. <laughs> Come on, kids, let's go back to the Shire. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking up at him, I'm like, wow, right? And so I want to give you an idea of what a giant is. These giants, by the way, whoever they are, not a, depending on who you read, not only were tall, but they were powerful. They are so much larger than what is in your natural ability. And these giants you have to face have three names to them. Who I am, what I am, and what I can do. And whenever you come into your promised land and you're coming to your time of your inheritance, something needs to rise up inside of you. And I say, I'm going to tell you who I am. There's times when I'm becoming courageous. I'm like, Lord, I don't know how this is going to happen. I came to Great Falls, Montana. What does that even look like? You know, the winters get negative 36 degrees. You want to know how cold that was? My, I, drove, I used to drive a diesel truck. I was speaking in Atlanta, 
My wife shows up in Atlanta to meet me. Thank you, Jesus. I love my wife, 30 years of marriage. I'm like, honey, where'd you put my truck at? She goes, well, I left it in the, the airport parking lot. I'm like, it's negative 25 degrees. You know, that might not mean anything to you, but you're, literally the gasoline will freeze. So I had to get my truck towed home. I got a mag light in my mouth trying to change it. My hands are so cold. And all of a sudden I realized, I, I got to get inside. I tried to get the mag light out. It froze. It's stuck to my mouth. I'm like knocking on the door like this. My daughter's like, Dad, what are you doing? I'm like, the mag light is stuck in my mouth. <laughs> my daughters are all laughing at me. They're taking pictures. <laughs> Our dad is special. <laughs> and we came into that place and... and, and and I'm interviewing and talking to my, my, my counsel. I go, where are you guys at with the Holy Spirit? And they're like, we're Holy Spirit light. I'm like, what does that mean? Now, you got to know who I am because I am not Holy Spirit light. But I thought we heard God to go to this place. I'm like, Lord, why would you bring us to, to Great Falls, Montana? Lord, there's only 900,000 people in our whole state. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to be strong and courageous. Everything that I'm seeing does not look like anything that's in my heart. Lord, this doesn't look. Why did you bring me here? Because God's zigzag to bring me to my promised land is Montana. We started off with a church of 150. We're over 1,000 today. Our church is growing. But what's happening in our church is I have never seen as many miracles in my life of 35 years of ministry as I do in Montana. Why is that? Because there's a promise of God that God promised me that says, Nick, this is who you are, and this is what's going to happen. The second thing you need to face is this, what I am. You know, people always want to steal your identity i got to wrap this up to get you guys out of here. They told Einstein, listen to this, youth. You know what Einstein's eighth grade math teacher told him? That he wasn't smart enough. He wasn't good at math. You know what they told Walt Disney? You don't have any, his, you know what Walt Disney's art teacher told him? You don't have any artistic ability. Something needs to rise up in you and said, this is who I am, this is what I am, and I want to tell you what I can do. Church, we're at a period of time where I believe God is getting ready to come back. I believe God is coming back for a church that is fully prepared and fully ready. Are you ready? I want to I pray over you guys this morning. I believe that God wants to give you here at this church a baptism of power. Are you with me on that? The Bible says you shall receive power to be a witness. What does that even look like? Listen, there's times I don't feel spiritual. I just told you that story about Portland, Oregon. This guy walks up to me and my, my associate pastor. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, you guys are prophets of the living God. What was that? I'm a chaplain for our police. Our church is in, inside of our cities as your church is as well. I get called out. We're on a meth call. This guy's like, this guy's out of his head, just, just out of his head tweaking we're the second car up. I got a pair of khaki pants on and my golf shirt that says chaplain, kind of inconspicuous. And this guy's all, oh, you know, up. And we're just the second car up. We're just walking up. And this guy goes from, oh, to, whoa. Why is he here? Why is he here? How come he's here? I go, bro, you know why I'm here. Who are you going to call? <laughs> the days of playing church are over. Who are you? 
What are you? What can you do? That's a rhetorical question. You can do all things. We're in a period of time, church, I want to tell you, this church is going to see more things happen, and he wants to use you. And something has to rise up in you, and something has to rise up in you and say, well, uh, there's giants out there. What do giants look like? They look like classmates who say, you actually believe this stuff? I've heard about your church. Your church is kind of radical. Yeah, you know what? I'm called to be a radical. Come on. Football season's coming up. I'm going to watch people in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where it's going to be negative 10 degrees, and I'm going to see these big fat bellies with big green bellies painted up with G's on them going, the Packers. And I'm going to look at those fellows and go, those guys are fanatical. They're fans. That's where we get our word. And so, Father, I want to pray right now, and I want you to do this. I want you to, can we stand on our feet? Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray for you right now. Just put your hands before the Lord. Why do we lift hands? The Bible says lift holy hands. Thank you, Jesus. And I want you, I want you to receive this right now. Father, I want to pray, Lord, a baptism of power be released. A baptism of power be released right now. Father, I want to pray right now, a baptism of power be released right now, a fresh baptism. Father, that this would be a miraculous church. Why? Because Mark 16 says miracles follow. Miracles follow. Miracles follow. Miracles follow those who believe. It's part of your lifestyle. That's normative Christianity. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. That's just normal Christianity. Somewhere down the line, they're trying to take away, well, your God can't do that. No, I can't. I'm holding on to the promise of God. Sir, I met you in the prayer room today, the gentleman here with the colored striped shirt on. Thank you, Jesus. You are a pillar in this church. You're a pillar in this church. I see you interceding. I see you proclaiming the word of God over this church. First uh, Chronicles 14.11, God is Baal Perizim, the master of the breakthrough. You're getting ready to see in your own life a personal breakthrough. There's family members in your church that God has marked. They have walked away, and you're going to see them come back into the kingdom of God. There's a call on your life. There's a call on your life. I see you preaching the word of God. I see you discipling. I see the courage and the courageousness of God coming upon you. I don't know what you do for a living, but I feel like there's co-workers, people around you. They're going to come into the kingdom of God, and God is going to release more authority for you in this body right now. You're an encourager. You're, I, I just see you as an armor bearer for a pastor. You come along his side. You said, you said God, I will lay my life down for this man because you've called me to do this. I see you contending and speaking the word of God out at your home and I see God getting ready to release just miraculous power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to just put your hand and thank you, Lord. Father, I call out a gift to preach over you right now. I call out of you right now. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. I felt like you had a few false starts on that, so the enemies beat you up with confidence, but, but the Lord is going to release that into your life and into your ministry right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have not seen anything. You are like this Holy Spirit cheerleader in this body. Like, it's, like, it's like, man, you, just get, you get excited for the things of the Lord, and you're going to release an excitement over this body of the Lord. There's, some, there's something that you, there's training things that you're going to do that are going to liberate this community. You're going to equip. I see it like starting off slow, and it's going to start snowballing out regionally. 
thing. I pray a hedge of protection over you. I pray strength over your body right now. And I pray, Lord, that the Lord would come upon you right now in greater strength, greater breakthrough. People are going to come to you with broken families. You're going to walk in the glories. You're going to see generational things broken off of people. You're going to start dealing with families that people have labeled. Like, I don't know if you all have this in your household, but we have like families in our community and everybody knows that's that family. You know what I mean? And you're going to deal with those families, and they're going to see them bow their knees to Jesus. You're going to see, you're going to see kids. There's something about kids that are going to get liberated. You're going to see, you're going to see women come back, and, and their husbands are going to get saved, and that lineage is going to turn around. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray over your sleep right now. The Lord wants to give you a greater rest right now. You have, I feel like you've been waking up in the midnight hours, and just right? You've been waking up in the midnight hours, and that two to three area, and you're like, Lord, what's going on? The Lord loves to be with you but he's gonna give you rest, okay? So thank you, Lord. Carry a pad of paper and a pencil because he's gonna start downloading things to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The uh, young lady here in the maroon-colored thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I see you, I see you training and equipping young kids, and I see you with a grace. You have such a grace over your life. Thank you, Lord. You've been waiting on some certain promises for the Lord, and the Lord is going to give you even better than. Thank you, Jesus. You, uh, you're going to see restore, restoration in this season. You're going to see people that have just gone way upside down come back into the kingdom of God. I feel like you've had friends that have left this area and that you've been praying for and keeping a relationship for and been keeping your faith and keeping your hope alive, and they've made some bad choices, but you're going to be influential in seeing them coming back to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I see you with a sword in your hand and the word of God in the other. Thank you, Lord. I see you teaching and preaching the word of God. I see the Lord opening up time for you, and this is a season the Lord's just going to download vision to you. Thank you, Jesus. Sir, the guy with the colored, striped, checkered, yeah, you right here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The wisdom of God is on you. You come with encouragement. You come with the life of the Lord. The enemy beats you up. I don't know if your past used to be rough. But I feel like the Lord's saying that you're, you're not rough anymore. Matter of fact, you, you, you weep all the time just in the presence of the Lord. You cannot believe that God saved you. <laughs> you're going to understand how your wife saved. She's sweet, but, but you're like, <laughs> but you, uh, you're a called. And, and the Lord is opening up more ministry for you. I see you as a strategist, like God just downloading things in this body. I feel like the Lord's, that I see just, I see like the Lord just giving you things, thoughts, and ideas that are going to be influential in this body. You kind of bring a balance to things. You kind of bring that other viewpoint sometimes. You come with that other viewpoint. Like, have you ever, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought this thing? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I, I don't want to offend you, but do you have grandchildren? Not yet. So, Father, call that in right now. I just see little kids around you coming into your lap. I just see like little kids crawling into your papa's lap. Thank you, Jesus. That's your heart. You have such a heart of a father heart. Thank you, Jesus.